Hey everyone, welcome to the one Up Cast, the show where we dig through our old video games and compare what we thought then to the way things are now. My name's Kieran, aka Harry Atomic, and I'll be joined each week by the one, the only, the face of Firmus Gas, Martinez' main man, Mr. Daniel Ferry. Back at it again. Back at it again. Number five, that's like two and a half times the record. We've beat our daughters now, and our daughters were ourselves. I know, that's it. You see... If you can't beat yourself, who can you beat? Like yourself. Hey, this hey. is. It's, it's, we haven't we haven't quite decided if this is a PG podcast yet. But either way, <laughs> it seems to be a very popular podcast. People seem to be enjoying it, and as long as people, yeah. as long as people keep enjoying it, we'll happily keep chatting away about games and stuff. Which brings us on to our topic. We, last week we tackled the console wars, and we kind of hung up on NES and Mega Drive. I was kind of worried all week thinking, fuck, at this rate, you know, we'll probably end up taking another fucking year to do that console wars. They'll be bringing out new consoles yeah. while we're still talking about it. But I still think that uh, I think we should still stick with kind of the in-depth look, which is why this week we're going to take a look at Super Nintendo. Yeah. And as I said just before the start of the podcast, I'm just I mean, we are talking about console wars and then how people won and how people lost. But it's very easy. To, once you get to a certain console, you can just sit and talk about, oh, do you remember this game? Do you remember this game? <laughs> do you remember this game? Yeah. So please, please, please keep me right and try and keep me on point. I will I will try my best. I will try my best. But it is really easy to get nostalgic over this stuff. To go, oh, hey, what about this console? And then, oh, I, I remember. That's how it always starts. I remember. And yeah. then we sit here remembering. <laughs> it's almost like a second catchphrase. I know. And it's all my fault. I'm like, oh... Do you remember this here? Do you remember this we, here? But before we begin, I need to talk about something. There we go. We're off. We're off the Larissa's already. We're off the Larissa's, and I need to talk about something. And this could be. I think it's a good topic to bring up. Uh, it's something I feel quite passionately about. I didn't mention it to you in the pre-show. Yes. Because um, I want to get your genuine opinion on it, and I want to, anybody who's listening as well. I would love to hear your thoughts now. Please be aware that this is only my opinion. I haven't spoke to Kieran about his opinion on it. Uh, so please take, you know, it's an open forum. Like, we're all gamers, you know, definitely. All opinions. Nobody's right or wrong in this. But again, I have this worst, I have this really bad personality trait where if I have a different opinion to you, I just think you're wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a maturity thing. Do you know me, what? Do you know what? Like... It's, it's, mature, it's mature that you can admit it. <laughs> yes. So... Um, and I, I, I never thought we brought up something like we'll eventually bleed into modern gaming. We'll get there. Um, I, I didn't think we'd bring it up in episode five, but we're going to bring it up on that today in episode five. Okay. Uh, we'll try not hang on it for too long, but I just want to talk about it again. Everybody chip on and be much appreciated. So the Daily Mirror did a front page news article uh, on Tuesday past there. Tuesday the 31st of July, front page. Okay. Um, teens video game hell. And I will give Kieran the image. I actually saved the image. Very Kieran and Wellness. Nice. Um, to, for the benefit of YouTube. And the Fortnite, uh, the, I can kind of get away there, so I got ahead of myself. The headline says, Fortnite made me a suicidal drug addict. Mm. And then dad saves his son, who's 17, from a death plunge after he gets hooked on online craze. Wow. No. Yes. Now, I understand it is the media's job, I use that term loosely, to post stories and things like that. But um, 
this seems to always come up every so often. So I did a little bit of homework. Check me out again. Oh. Uh, the gentleman who did the article is a gentleman by the name of Matthew Barbour. And as I, so I recognize that name. I do recognize that name. And I had a dig. And I remember it was during the Pokemon Go phase. And do you remember all the, sto- the horror stories where people were playing Pokemon Go and they walked on the railway lines and they got electrocuted and... You know, people yeah. went missing because they've like fell on their ponds and stuff because they weren't looking where they're going. Yeah, and all these really scaremongering stories. Um, it appears that uh, like uh, found us on Reddit again, save damage for the benefits of you yourselves watching on YouTube. Nice. Which game will do all the work on? Yes. You, <laughs> I love um, it. And it's basically the same Matthew Barbour during the whole Pokemon Go fiasco basically sent out um, like a spam email to hundreds of thousands of email addresses uh, obviously paid for people's data and the subject line is Pokemon Go query I'm working on a story about Pokemon Go and urgently trying to speak to anyone who plays this and can describe any potential negative effects maybe it's affecting their sleep their relationship their work etc 100 pounds fee can provide a copy sorry can provide copy control and plug any relevant charity slash organization please feel good contact me ASAP so they fall back what I was saying they might again it's their job they report anything but you know he's just hunting for negatives there and again this falls back this crops up every so often so we have it now with Fortnite about how it's a you know Joe Bloggs's mum would believe that this is like a, you can't play this game it's like crack cocaine or it's just like a drug then you had Pokemon Go that who were like you know you could get knocked down backyard kind of catch like a Pokemon we also had Modern Warfare uh, do you remember that one as well where somebody Fortnite where it was taking over the world and this has been going on years and years and years and it kind of bleeds on the less than six months ago with Donald Trump as well blaming video games for the violence in America yeah now there has been studies and studies and on that boys of all the statistics where if you're a gamer yourself you're going to just say plain and simple and again it's in my opinion this is bullshit too much of anything will make you sick no doubt about that if I was playing Fortnite for 10-12 hours a day I would definitely have a problem if I was playing Pokemon Go for 12 hours a day I would definitely have a problem but this applies to anything. Like if you're addicted to crosswords, you know, you know, you might get paper cuts and this paper cut could mm-hmm. lead to a finger infection. There is negatives to everything that you consume. So I hope not you. What do you think? I can I can chime in on that and I can I I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I, I couldn't be more on your side. They they illustrate your point about the more like, it doesn't matter what it is. If you consume enough of it, it'll be a detriment. I've always played video games, and I know that we're always talking about video games, but if we indulge for a second, I'll keep it short. It's not video game related, but years and years ago, like 10, 10-ish years ago, I used to play in a band, and music was my, like, life and death. And yeah. I practiced and played and recorded with my bandmates at the time, and we, you know, stayed up for two, three days on end, you know, in a warehouse that we were renting out, just practicing constantly, recording constantly. And we were like, 
we were not healthy during that time because we were fully addicted to this seemingly normal thing that we were overdoing. It's like anything, you know, if you, as you say, if you sit and you play this game all day, bad things are going to happen. And But there's always been these type of stories, though. Like, you always heard about, now, I don't know where in the world you are listening to this podcast, but um, here in in uh, in Ireland, we always hear about, you know, stories of like, oh, did you hear there was, you know, someone from Japan or something that, like, sat up and, like, playing this game for 24 hours and fucking died or something. Yeah. You know, World uh, of Warcraft, remember, World of Warcraft World was of Warcraft. a big one. I, yeah. I specifically remember a story, and I can't link it because I, I wouldn't even know where to start searching for it, but I remember very vividly hearing a story about someone who died in a house fire, who their house had caught fire while they were playing an online game, and they just stayed there playing the game and burned to death. Yeah. Because they were so addicted to playing it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I understand that it can get that bad, but at the same time, you know, I don't mean this to sound bad, but if you're a parent and your kid is playing games for that long, maybe it's time to step in and maybe address some underlying yeah. problems. And to fall back about my, I need to justify my comment about it just being bullshit. I just say, I, I label it as bullshit. I need to justify my justification for that. Um, <clears throat> I've been playing video games all my life since I've been a kid. Um, Probably during my 20s, I played games the most. And what I mean by that is that I would come home from work and I would sit after work from seven on, you know, if my, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, was done, I'd sit. If she was doing a night shift or she was at her mom's or her friend's, I would sit from 7 p.m. once I got on, had me dinner, to about one or two in the morning. Those were the days, eh? Hey? Those were the days. I. Uh, game after game after game, trophy after trophy after trophy, achievement, achievement. And I was affected. I was. I was. I just loved my video games and um, I loved the escapism of it. Um, you know, one minute you could be uh, a soldier in the Iraq war, the next minute you could be a milkman collecting milk bottles. You know, I mean, it's ultimate escapism. My point being, uh, there's more tests proven that video games actually help you know escapism is also a, a good thing so I, I said you to start this podcast i'm very tired today because i had a really long day at work i was doing nearly a 12 hour shift and i came home and my wife went out for a run and the two kids were actually asleep tonight when i got on they're still asleep now so i just sat and uh i just had my dinner and put on on the PlayStation, I played a game for 40 minutes, and like the stress. And when I get really stressed, it's really funny. My my ears get very hot. Don't know why. <laughs> somebody must be talking about it. Um, but that you know, oh, the, the the day that was on top of me, it just went. And I know it's not because of that game. It's because I'm not thinking about it anymore. And it's kind of the escapism. You're not focusing on the day, and you know, you're just zoning out. But that is provided to you by a video game yeah this is my point um they fall on the about what you're saying about parents and you know you need to step on there i would agree with that comment wholeheartedly as a previous retail manager mm -hmm. in a gaming environment um I, I remember parents come on you know exerting their frustration to me that they can't get their kid off it and things like that but they do have it's getting better for 
parents these days now where they have parental control apps and things and I think maybe if anything the game is trying to do is educate the parents on these things better the only person that's done it really well I believe is Nintendo do you remember when the Switch came out and they had Bowser and Bowser Jr yeah. doing the Wii video and it was basically them promoting the app where you could basically right, you can play you can play Nintendo from this time to this time and then you can turn it off remotely and things like that and PlayStation have that now and Xbox have it now but it's very hidden away and I don't think if you lined up 10 parents who don't know games we're very fortunate we do know games they wouldn't know about it. I say about one probably, and every one hundred would know about it. So again, I think it's very easy to say, you know, you know, just step on. But if these video game publishers and developers provide these tools on an easier, accessible level, I think things like this wouldn't be an issue. But yeah. um, why isn't there a headline report about probably the fifteen people that are addicted to cigarettes that day and they can't quit? Yeah. Well, there's no hype in that. This, this is what I'm putting. So, to summarize my point, too much of anything makes you sick, 100%. But when media are actively looking for negative stories to scare parents, that's all it is, looking to scare parents. Yeah, no, I, I agree I agree entirely. I, I totally agree entirely. Any parent out there who's worried about the effects of gaming that have affected their child, ask a gamer. Ask someone who plays games that you know they will tell you, you know, oh, they shouldn't really be playing that, or they shouldn't be doing that. Um, but rant over. Anyways. That's, that's all I wanted to say about that. But if you let us know in the comments, tweet me, uh, some of you who know me personally, text me, uh, you, you know my Twitter, you know Harry's Twitter, comments in the bottom below. Let, let us know because definitely will be interesting to hear on a wider scale people's feedback on it. Uh, also, on a side note, that's the first time you've ever called me Harry. So it is, sorry. No, that's fine. Oh, that will never happen again. That's, that, that, that was really strange. Uh, anyways, we'll we'll move on and we'll chat about... Uh, now we'll move on to the next stage of the console wars. Where we, where we left off last time was that we were at the sort of NES era, Sega Mega Drive era. That's, that's what kind of hit home with me is that I had a NES and a Mega Drive at the same time. So those early dates of consoles coming out was all very blurry. So yeah. the Super Nintendo was the next one to come along. And I remember getting a Super Nintendo along with Mario World. I think it was that bundle that came with yes, Mario yes, World. Yes. And I was just blown away. I thought, no, it's never getting any better than this. I thought, this is the best that games will ever be. This is so cool. And I remember as soon as I got that, the for me, the Mega Drive, I didn't play it as much. The Super Nintendo was like the cool console that everyone talked about. Like, what was your was extra Batman? Yeah, that's all it so was. It was Did you have any? What was your experience with the with the Super Nintendo? I we got the Street Fighter Two bundle. Ah, do you remember that one? I do. Uh, and we got Super Mario All Stars plus Mario World bundled together. Mm. Street Fighter Two, I think. I know nostalgic sales, but a lot a lot of people with nostalgia kind of look at something, play it for ten minutes and go, "Oh, sprint," and then just don't play it again. Street Fighter Two, I still play actively to this day. I can roundhouse kick your ass <laughs> so hard. I think you bought that as a like a Switch launch title, wasn't it? You you're yes. the only person yes. out of our friend group that bought that on Switch because you were like, "I need to own it again. I need to keep playing it." I need to do that, Sharuken, and. Uh, uh, and then after they did that, they brought out uh, 
the Street Fighter 2 30th anniversary, which had Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, and I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Any Street Fighter 2 and you're all over it? I'm like, yes, give me that. Give me that. Um, but uh, Street Fighter 2, just so, so good. I remember just... And I remember just being so... I'm like, it's, I don't really have it in fighting games now, uh, but I remember being so absorbed by the story of each character. You know, like, Chun-Li's father was murdered by Bison. Uh, Ryu was just very angry looking all the time. <laughs> and then where he gives Saget, remember, the scar up his chest? Yeah, that was the... Uh... And uh, when you got the Bison, it felt like... I love when a video game does a proper video game boss, and I think that's why I love Metal Gear Solid so much, but see when you got the Bison... You just knew. You really felt it. But then do you remember the gears in the background when you broke the statues? You used to stand up and get on the bison. Yeah. Don't give a shit who he was. They just used to stand barge and ham stamina's big electric fist. What the fuck you are it? I just <laughs> bitten the fuck out of everybody. Like. But that was the. That Christmas was the first time I played Mario Lost Levels. Aye. Uh, Mario 2. The original Mario 2. Uh, Jesus. My God, I brutal. I, I don't think I played it. I don't think I played it since. I remember getting to the third world and going, "What is this? Is this as like an endurance?" They say in my head it was weird. I knew it was a Mario game, but it didn't feel like a Mario game. I thought, right, this must be a Mario game for adults. Do you know what it was? <laughs> Mario Two got made as a game for the arcades rather than for home right. consoles. So Mario done really well on the Famicom whenever he came out in Japan, and then so was this made in Nikon Daimyo? That's yeah. That's what it was made for. Oh, so if you play man. that now, knowing like there's a lot of games from the time you know yourself. There's a lot of games from the time that were arcade ports, and because of that, you can see the arcade influences on them. Like you can see like the cheap desk to get you to pump on another coin, or you know you can see like timers they you know try to get you to play faster, and you know you see all those wee arcade tricks on there. But Mario Two was meant to be like a coin cruncher. Do you remember? The Simpsons episode, completely off subject. But do you remember Mulhouse putting <laughs> water waters in the water world? And so this better be worth it. And he just moves and it's all game over. All <laughs> One step. And then he puts he more, feeding in the more game. back in. <laughs> that is modern gaming today. It is. It is modern gaming today. You get the base version and then you just start pumping on money and that's it. So the Super Nintendo, it it was also now. It wasn't my first foray on it, but did you play Star Fox when it first came out? I I did play Star Fox, but I always remember the hype in the video game magazine saying like all this FX chip and it was like, uh, you know, the graphics that they're, you know, you'll not believe these graphics and stuff. And I remember renting it from my local Extravision and uh, that's our, I think we've mentioned Extravision every week here. Uh, that's what and, it is. Uh, we just need to bring back extra vision. We're just trying to bring back extra vision. Um, still better. Don't get that job. Did I ever tell you about that? No. What happened? Oh, I'll tell you about it now. Yeah, let's go down this path. Let's here. let's go off on another one. <laughs> Fuck. You know. You know. Before so, we started, sorry. Just before you go off, one. Before we started, I turned around <laughs> and said to, said to Natasha, my 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 girlfriend. I said, "There, right. I'm going to go up now and do the podcast with Dan. I should be back down in about say half an hour, an hour's time or whatever." And she was like, "It's not going to take that long. It's going to take way longer. You always take way longer." Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> like the she Natasha is a saint. She's just like yeah. you do your podcast and that, and she loves listening to it, and it's great and blah blah. But it's just like don't kid yourself. It's not going to take an hour. 
<laughs> and then I sit down the night and it's like, right, let's talk about SNES. So Fortnite on the paper. Right, that's bad. <laughs> Anyways, so Super Nintendo, anyway, Daniel, what do you think of Star Fox? What do you hear this other thing I found out about Activision? <laughs> and and here we are. And here we are. You know what our problem is? We don't really talk during the week. We only talk during this podcast. And then we just have the recorder. So we let, it's kind of like Big Brawler, where our friendship is documented. You see, I see, this is the thing, is that we... If you actually count it, we probably have thousands of episodes of this podcast. We've just recorded the last five of them. That's what it is. You know, so it's not an official thing. We just kind of go, oh, let's talk to each other and let's record it and let everybody see what they think. Mm. So, Extravision, I'll keep this very brief, I promise. Um, I applied for a manager's job in Extravision. And it was one of those jobs before I got the, the job in game where I really, really wanted to share it because they did video games. Okay. And uh, I remember really preparing for an interview. Did so much research on the company. Everything really, really wanted. I just thought, no, this is this is a place because not only were they doing video games, they were selling TVs and they were doing their DVDs and Blu-ray. And the time Blu-ray was a really big thing. So I thought this is the establishment I want to be in because it's video games and it's tech and it's Blu-ray and it's HD and it's the future and I love it. Um. I absolutely, absolutely hammered that interview. It was an interview I walked out of, and it's the only time I've ever said it in my life. I've got that job. Nice. Um, because she was all, what do you know about Extravision? Rhymed off stats, um, talked about commercial updates, you know, previous experience, uh, previous success stories, greatest weaknesses, uh, things like that. Um, free on a bit of humor, I, my CV wasn't pink sheets oh and she's all why why is your cv in pink as i'm sitting here aren't i and she laughed you know in the thought like basically showing personality and i never got the job what um i never didn't get the job i got a phone call i'm a liar i got a voicemail oh uh from the girl and she was she rang me and she was all down and so like she was breaking up with me over the voicemail I am really good at tell you this, but we give it to the internal candidates, surely because they've been with the company so long, we have to give them a chance. We're really, really, really sorry. Um, so I think I got the impression one wanted to give it to me, but the other was like maybe working that storm and said, no, we have to give it to this dude. So that's my almost, kind of worked out my benefit. I mean, the 12 months literally ceased to be, so... Yes. What was I talking about? We were on about we were on about Star Fox, and and I, <laughs> because Fox, yeah. yes, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna stumble on the a, a lovely wee game history segue after this. But did did you play Star Fox? Yeah. So I always remember reading in the magazines uh, all the FX chips and the graphics were going to be amazing and all. And you look at it now and you go, well, suppose at the time it was great, but I remember thinking at the time it wasn't great. So I was just like, meh. I was, ne- I was never Star Fox now Star Fox and N64 which we'll get to eventually I love that but I remember Star Fox and Super Nintendo I was just kind of like no it's not maybe it's not my I was just kind of to be honest for me it just went just went by um, it's just like me you know what I mean I was just, it didn't really grasp me well Star Fox was was pivotal because uh, I mean, this is why I think that this needs to come up in a console wars type thing because 3D gaming mm. was the 3D gaming at the time was like the it was like the holy grail. 
Yeah. No, it was the next logical step. Arcade machines were doing it, but they were big, bulky things. But like getting that experience into the home was the big, the big deal. Um, whenever Star Fox came out, the Super FX chip. Now, uh, I'll actually take a step back. Star Fox was made by a game company called Argonaut, and it, right. Nintendo hired Argonaut to make Star Fox. So okay. Argonaut were they they're responsible for the Super FX chip. It was their idea. They right. take the SNES and make it like a 3D console. So they then went on and made Star Fox using their Super FX chip and Nintendo licensed the Super FX chip. They make other games like Mario Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Like right, okay. that had that chip on it. Now where it gets weird, just in, in a wee bit of a segue, where it gets a bit sort of strange and a bit... This is probably the one of the one times I'll just say to Nintendo, like, wow, that was a dick move. Argonaut then started working on Star Fox 2, which came out finally ah. on the SNES Classic. Yes. So Argonaut are working on Star Fox 2. The N64 gets announced. Mm-hmm. And apparently... I don't know if it was Miyamoto or someone else at Nintendo said, no, we're canon Star Fox 2. We're completely dropping it. And we're going to make Star Fox 64 instead. Or here in the in the UK, it was Lilith Wars. Right, okay. So. Um, and the dog not going to make Star Fox 64? No, that was a separate studio made that. So Argonaut took the initiative and went... What I'm going to do is, or what we're going to do is we're going to go and we're going to jump on the 3D train and we're going to make a 3D platformer. Yeah. So they put together a 3D platformer with, uh, and they, they pitched it to Nintendo and they went, we, we fucking love this. We need this on our N64. So what they did mm-hmm. was they made they made Yoshi the main character because mm-hmm. Nintendo software, or, or Nintendo IP. So mm-hmm. Argonaut, had this 3D game starring Yoshi for the N64 that they landed on and said, here you are, what do you think? Nintendo said, this is great, we love it. Uh, what are we going to do with it? And they sat on it and eventually they canned it. They went, no, we're not going to do it. So Argonaut are pissed off at this point and they leave and go to Sony and they change Yoshi right. from a dinosaur and they're a crocodile. And do you ever remember the game Croc? <sighs> Croc. But I have a story about Croc. That's where Croc came from. And then... My God, I never knew it. And then, after Argonaut were really pissed off and weren't working with Nintendo anymore, at the very uh-huh. press conference that they showed up to with Croc, I think it was an E3 uh-huh. conference, they show off Croc as being the first ever 3D platformer game was the same year that Nintendo announced Mario 64. Well, maybe I tell you a tale. And I will go back to Super Nintendo at the moment. I remember... The Christmas of the N64 being launched, and we had a, a PS1, and I was really, really hyped because I, I can't remember the timeline, whatever it was, but I was really hyped about Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I vividly remember Final Fantasy VII and Croc were out that Christmas. It might, mu- um, yeah. And uh, I remember that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. I wanted these two games because Final Fantasy was on like four or five discs. And I, oh my God, this game is so huge. And I want Croc as well because that was my kind of my Mario fix because it was basically, I always remember a title saying move over Mario and here was Croc. And, yeah. um, and that was before I stumbled across the N64 VHS tip where I seen Mario 64 and I was like, no, 
this is mm-hmm. not happening. Yeah, you know, I need Mario 64 in my life. Need that in my life. But that's a very interesting fact. Um, the, 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 the real true, true, true Super Nintendo game that really grabbed me was, you know, for, like was Mario Kart. Super Mario Kart. Do you remember Super Mario Kart? It was so, so good. Mario Kart so the first was... The, first, it, sorry. No, sorry, uh, what I was saying was Mario Kart. I absolutely loved it. I, I, got, I got it bought to me as a present. Um, uh-huh. it was it was me grandmother bought it to me and it was uh-huh. just one of these oh I hear you like those Mario games and I turned it on and I don't think I've ever stopped playing it it's so so good I mean we, again we always touch on the fact that we you know we're you know we've been there from the start so at the time this was revolutionary to us where someone playing it nowadays would probably this is just a wrestling game but back then it was it was I don't think really wrestling games were a thing but the fact that Mario was you know, and this cart racer, and I had my boy Koopa, boy Koopa. Yeah. <laughs> just, Koopa, oh, and I like Toad as well. My first, even though even though we had Street Fighter Two, I didn't really play Street Fighter competitively in the house against my brothers or anything. It was more Mario Kart. You know, you know, just constantly racing each other, doing the battle mode, and it was like the first one where you would actually go to your friend's house to get a land of an R controller, and you know. You could plug the four controllers, and it was like, well, this is one of the first games that you could actually, you know, use the four controllers, a four-player split screen. Yeah. Um, just so good. And I know we touched on Zelda plenty of times in the past, um, but A Link to the Past, for me as well, I was just, it was the first time A Link to the Past, a school rumor came true. <laughs> okay. I remember being really stuck, and I remember hearing it literally on a playground where I was stuck, and I can't, I can't remember, but I always remember saying, oh, yeah, if you throw this pot on the the river, uh, a ferry will come up and tell you where to go. And I was like, that's obviously not true. And I tried it, and it actually worked. It was one of the few so, times. <laughs> so they always say, don't believe everything you hear. But sometimes, you know, right. they believe it because it goes you always, true. You always try and think, oh, maybe, maybe. Who knows? And speaking of which, I'm currently playing a Super Nintendo game quite actively now at the moment. Okay. Right now, you never played it when the Super Nintendo came out. I'm playing Mega Man X Collection, oh. which was. Oh, never played it yes. before. I messaged you during the week. Um, I know. I'm on the final boss spoilers, 10 year spoiler, or 10 year spoiler warning. Sigma? 20 years. Uh, Sigma, but I didn't realize I had to fight all the bosses all over again. Every Mega Man game has that. Fuck! That, that's a trait of Mega Man games where you, you have to play Jeez. through. So, for anyone that hasn't played a Mega Man game, the idea is you've got eight bosses, you play them in any order. If you beat them, you get their weapon. Some are weak to other ones' weapons, so it's up to you to find the best route through. Then whenever you're finished, you do a few levels that are in order that test all your skills. Then you have to fight all eight bosses in the same life without any continues. Then you have to fight the last boss. That's every Mega Man game. And I love it. Yeah, and I didn't know that until last night. Where it was like 11 o'clock and I was like, you know, after I nearly jumped out the window from playing Mega Man X for too long because I was addicted to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was playing it and uh, I, I defeated all eight bosses. And I was all right. Nice. Is that now? And it shows you the symbol for the, the main guy. And I was all right, let's go do this now. Um, went on and I was just like, what's this? Why am I fighting all these guys? And I got to like the fourth one and then I died. And I was like, right, that was obviously a checkpoint. No, there's no fucking checkpoint. No. No, no, you I mean, fucking no, no, the collection, knuckle down. The collection, yeah, the collection does give you the option. You know, you can put a wee save state here. And a save state, for anybody who doesn't understand, is 
you can literally start back at that point, but I'm sticking to the the way it is. The friendly original way of playing. Yes. I I love um, Mega Man X. I play it so much. I I just I I still to this day like I don't think that there's like a three month stretch that goes by that I don't play Mega yeah. Man Two and Mega Man X. Yeah. I I awesome. it's one of my favorite games of all time. It's so good. I'm so happy you're playing it. And anyone that hasn't played it, like give it a go. It's a, if you if you at the moment there's two ways of playing it. It's it's the same the same game is available twice on shelves. You can get it in the Mega Man X collection, or you or it's also included on the SNES Classic. So um. Speaking of which, well, now it's in my head because I'm looking at it. I was digging through a box there last week and I found a Mega Drive collection for my PS3 and it has Sonic CD on it. Hey! So, do you remember I said last week that I've never played Sonic CD? Now, is I will play Sonic CD. I will tweet about it, so follow me on Twitter and I'll let you know, you know, if it was like. And I, but I'm also interested to see if the glitch that I mentioned last week, the Sonic 2 glitch, is on this ah. disc. So, again, I'll try that and I'll let you know. So, this segues very nicely in uh, to uh, the, the next point that I was going to bring up and probably the final point for this podcast you're mentioning Sonic CD so Sonic CD for anyone that's not sure what the whole CD is about we we mentioned it last week Sega had come out with a CD add-on for the Mega Drive and the CD add-on connected onto the side of of your Mega Drive and they also brought out another add-on a 32X which uh, went under the cartridge slot Pretty much they were add-ons to try and increase the shelf life of the Mega Drive and to try and make it more graphically impressive than its competitor, the, the Super Nintendo. So it was like a graphics card, effectively? Pretty much. It was just a, like a graphics expansion card that played games on... There was even some games that were called Sega CD... or was it Sega CDX games or something that needed both the Sega CD and the 32X. So there was add-ons out, out the wazoo customers really at the time didn't know what was going on because you know you needed that add-on for this game and that add-on for that one but that cartridge was a different size and why the fuck's that game on a cd and do you know what i mean it was confusing the reason why it was a good segue where you're talking about sonic cd which will bring us back in sega weren't the only ones playing with cd add-on at the time and nintendo were also doing the same thing and I think this is probably one of the most interesting parts and probably one of the most pivotal fuck-ups of any company. I think you should tell the story and then it'll be an excellent teaser for next week. Yes, that'll bring us on to, to, the, to the new contenders. So, the story is, in a nice, digestible amount of detail, Nintendo were following up and they were going to make their own CD add-on for the Super Nintendo, known as the SNES CD. Now... Funny side note for anyone who's interested, if you search Ben Heck on YouTube, someone actually found one of these prototypes, one of these SNES CD prototypes. And this guy, Ben Heck, who's like a console mod, like he's a, well, he's an electronics guru, managed to get it working again. So there is one single working SNES CD out there in the world. Was but, it the gameplay of it and everything? Yeah, that's, uh, there's even homebrews for it. And there's even Either. an emulator for it. They managed to dump its 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 ROM and the, there's emulators for the SNES CD off one SNES CD. Um, apparently, just I, I know this is a segue from the story, but uh, the story is is that someone on Reddit posted a, a, a post being like, oh, hey, did you hear there used to be a SNES CD? And some guy who knows nothing about it was like, yeah, I've got one in the attic. And they were like, all right, uh, is it, you know... 
the Holy Grail yeah. up there as no. well. And he's like, no, I've got one. So I've got one in the attic. And apparently his dad like bought like a building or something that was like closed down, but it used to be like an old Nintendo storage like warehouse. And he he just whenever he bought it, he got everything that was inside, like just fucking random crap. And there was a SNES CD prototype on there. And he just gave it to his son. He was all, yeah, because he played SNES games too. And he just gave it to his son, like, yeah, I got this and, and work. And he was all great. And that was his SNES growing up. This and did this rare... guy sell it or no, what he did he Well, what happened is, is that he gave it to Ben Heck because he was the only person he trusted to fix it. Ben right. fixed it. And now, between the guy that owns it and Ben, they both travel around retro game conventions and electronics conventions and show it off and let people play it. That's a credit to them because he could have sold that on and made an absolute fortune. He even showed it to a Nintendo executive who flat out refused that it even existed, even though it was literally right in front of him. Oh my Because gosh. they're not allowed oh to talk about prototypes. He was like, no, nah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, it's literally right in front of you. But anyways, just to get back to the story. So Nintendo were confirmed 100% making a CD add-on. That was the idea because that's what Sega were doing. Now, Nintendo were never one to play second fiddle. So there was there's, there's, there's debates as to whether or not Nintendo or Sega came up with the idea first. But either way, they were both working on it. Now... The name is one that will give away the end of the story, but the story is still interesting. The add-on was known as the Nintendo PlayStation because Nintendo at the time had no manufacturing experience in making CD, like base consoles or CD readers, but the top CD manufacturer on the planet, at the or CD reader manufacturer on the planet at the time was Sony. Because Sony were making Walkmans and Discmans and all sorts of other CD-based things. Yeah. So they go to Sony and they say, will you partner with us and make an add-on? Sony are like, hell yeah, we'll do that. You're Nintendo. Let's let's do this. So the Nintendo PlayStation was born. Now, on the sidelines, Nintendo also were working with Philips. Yeah. Because they were also a big CD manufacturer. And now, I, I, from what I can gather, Nintendo were hedging their bets they were like, yeah. you know, we'll work with Sony, we'll work with Philips, and whatever the best one is, we'll go with that. Now, in yeah. in the greatest fuck-up of all time, Nintendo sided with Philips and went, we'll release the Philips like version of the Nintendo PlayStation. Sony were left embarrassed because they were at a press conference. Yeah. Sony were actually there showing off this device and only to find out later that day that Nintendo had dropped them like a like a like a bad penny. So then they went on, and as you could probably guess from the name, they took the research and development time that they put on it, and not to be ones they have all this go to waste, brought out the PlayStation, the first iteration of the PlayStation. So the original PlayStation was supposed to be an add-on for the Super Nintendo under Nintendo's banner. And so by siding with Philips, Nintendo created one of their biggest rivals in like in the market. Now, insane. Just to go, just to go one step further, just to rub salt in that open wound that Nintendo currently have. If for anyone that thought we were a pro Nintendo podcast, this episode's gonna fucking make you cry. But what happened then was that Nintendo, whenever Philips, um, were then Nintendo partners, the PlayStation, the Nintendo PlayStation, obviously never came out. But as part of the deal for Philips, they work with Nintendo. Philips were working on their own console called the Philips CDI. 
And so what I they remember that. Yeah, that fucking DVD player looking thing. Oh yes. What yes. they said was is they said what we'll do is we'll help you make your add-on for the Super Nintendo if you allow us to use Nintendo characters in our games. If you allow us to release Nintendo character like licensed games on the CDI, Nintendo went, Yeah, that's just no- a really bad Zelda game as yeah. well. They went, yeah, it's no problem, that's no problem. And then whenever Nintendo went, yeah, we're uh, we're not going to release that add-on, Phillips were like, it's not our problem, we still have a contract. And so uh. there are three lost Zelda games that no one talks yeah. about that are brought out on the CDI, and it was Link, The Faces of Evil, Zelda, The Wand of Gamelon, and Zelda's Adventure, all of which no one talks about. And they had vo- fully voice acted. I mean, we actually contradicted ourselves. They had voice acting. Full, they were. It was the first ever voice acted Zelda games. There was a Mario game called Hotel Mario on it as well that used like Super Nintendo sprites, I think. There was even a, a, a sequel being brought out. I think it was Super Mario's Wacky Worlds was being in development. So Phillips were really milking this. I always remember the cringy, the, the cringy sound bites of Link talking to the prince. Uh, like, would you be allowed to play a sound bite of it or would you get flagged? I, I, I don't I don't know I'll I'll tr- I'll try and find one. Well, if, if you can, but there's one where he's just like talking sarcastically to Princess Zelda, and he's kind of flirting with her really awkwardly, and it's just like oh my god, it's so cringy. It, it's so bad. Uh, but, they they didn't know what they were at at all. Uh, so you wonder you wonder when the PS One launched what was meant to be a Nintendo game, and you touched on it with Croc was not really meant to be a Nintendo game, but you wonder what else. And it's, it's crazy what the, how it could have been because the Kings of the Mountain now weren't meant to be the Kings of the Mountain, really. They were meant to be, you know, like some guys meant to be, really, yeah. effectively. So that's, um, that's, that's a nice spot, I think, to leave it at, is that Nintendo now at this stage in the story were Kings of the Mountain, but have now, through one horrible business decision, have created one of their biggest rivals. And... As you can tell from nowadays, one of the biggest powerhouses in, in modern gaming. Oh, we could talk about this. This uh, console wars is going to go on for a long, long time. We could talk about this for ages, but I think that that's a good spot to leave it. I yeah. really enjoyed this episode as I enjoy every yeah. episode. This was great fun. Great fun. Again, apologies, folks, for the, uh, the tangents. It's my fault that this is lasting so long. It's, <laughs> Sorry. It's- I, well, you see, this is the thing, though. I'm starting to think that uh, I think this is just kind of our this is kind of our thing now, where it's like, yeah, let's see how many fucking segues these boys can find out of talking about it old games. Yeah, R.I.P. Extravision. R.I.P. Extravision, <laughs> as always. Now, if anybody wants to, to follow up on anything or drop us any comments, because I know we were asking at the start of the episode for you guys to get involved. If you want to ask us any questions, we'll always answer them on the podcast. Or if you want to talk about any topics or have us talk about any topics, you can get in contact with us. Best way to get in contact with us is if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment down below. I check them all the time. If you want to contact me on Twitter, it's at HarryAtomicYT. If you want to contact Daniel on Twitter, you're on Twitter at... I am a Ferryman5000. Ferryman5000. If Again, if you are listening on YouTube, all the links will be down below. If you're listening on any other platform... Make sure to give us a rating or whatever the platform allows you to do. Comment. All these things help. They help grow the podcast. They help us to reach a bigger audience and and tell more stories. But ultimately, we're glad you guys enjoy it. If you enjoy it, we'll keep doing it. So, yeah, from me, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. All right. All the best. Bye.